SBK Betting Podcast, a US Open special. The third golfing major of the season is almost upon us. It actually begins this Thursday. So we've got a stellar panel on cast to run you through the market leaders and hopefully find the winner as well. Who's on the panel? I hear you ask. Well, we've got golf tipster and writer and the inform Brian Nicholson joining us via the wonders of the internet. Well, hey, look, you you thrive under pressure, Brian. Um, And we've got the office lads, Marios to my right and Adam to my left in SBK Towers right now. Brian, welcome back to the pod. Before we get into this year's US Open, could you give us a quick rundown of the shock news uh, regarding the merger this week? Well, to be honest, I, um, I expected that to happen or something along those lines at some stage, but not so quickly, to be honest with you. Like, but, um, I kind of thought that the, the three tours would stay or, you know, live tour would just become another tour, like any of the other, whatever, 10 big kind of tours in the world. And you could, they, players could take up membership of whatever they liked, you know, playing both tours, playing all the different tours or whatever. But I, I definitely didn't expect it to happen so quickly. So, but to be honest, I'm not really surprised at all. You know, money talks in the end, I suppose. And, you know, people just get carried away with stuff with social media and whatever, you know. And so no, it doesn't surprise me at all, to be honest. And I think it's good for the game as well. And it's actually, it's, it's good for the betting markets too. So I'm happy with it anyway. Definitely good for the betting market. It's going to get, obviously, more more players, bigger field and better prices on some of the outsiders. One other question for you, Brian. Do you think the merger will have an effect on some players this week? Uh, and I'm talking Rory McIlroy, for example. But yeah, I think so. He was actually quoted, wasn't he, as saying he's had, I think, his hardest year mentally already. And so that's why like, I'm kind of looking at the... So I was going to go to John Ram and Rory McIlroy and... Uh, actually, just to pick up on something you said just there a minute ago, so he was five to one or something for the Canadian Open, and I was actually loving that because exactly that you know that made all the prices for the outsiders perceived outsiders much bigger. And I, like I said, I was saying last week, a lot of the Canadians, and I mean there was huge prices compared, like, relatively speaking, if you look at the field, it's just that Rory was taking up so much of the book, and like prices like eighty five and Nick Taylor was was really big. Adam Hadwin was. I think he was 65, and he was probably the best value of all that, those kind of players. But that's that's what you want. You want to take on, you know, the big names because that's no matter how big you are, John Ram or whatever, you just don't win that often anymore in golf. The, the fields are just so competitive. Like I think like I said before, the top 100 guys have less than a shot between them. I think in total strokes gained, and you know the pricing should really be the range of pricing should really be much more condensed in every kind of golf tournament and it's not when you've got the big names hence why we get opportunity and the US Open is probably the best actual major for this kind of thing to happen so you know it's on the court the, 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 the toughest kind of courses I think only nine guys finished on their par last year in the US Open so these are courses where you make a mistake you get punished so it doesn't matter what your name is you get punished so um, you know so they can show up all sorts of uh, you know a lot of outsiders or whatever have a better chance in this major than other kind of majors. So this is why, probably why I look forward to this one kind of the most in terms of betting purposes and the Open Championships as well with the wind and stuff like that. Absolutely. So the merger is yet another factor that you've got to uh, weigh into your analysis and, and preview of this week uh, when regarding the US Open. The tournament will take place at LA Country Club uh, in, of course, LA on the west coast of the US. First time this venue has hosted uh, the US Open and actually the first time in 28 years that a major men's tournament has been hosted um, in LA. Adam, we'll come to you now. Firstly, very well done for putting up Cam Davis at 500 to one each way uh, in the PGA Championship last month. He finished tied fourth. Mm-hmm. Secondly, do you have a favourite trend for the tournament this week or 
uh, an angle relating to the venue that you're using. Yeah, I, I think you just spoke about it there, TC. I've been sort of do, doing some digging on some of the um, Gil Hans's other restoration projects. Um, and I think you want to be taking a, a close look at kind of Southern Hills, Brookline, Wingfoot form. I mean, he's, he's definitely left a stamp there. And I know there's a lot of videos going around on social talking about kind of the, the thick rough and everything mm. they've done there around the, the remodeling of the course. So, yeah, I, I think you really want to be looking at, at form from, well, I mean, last year's US Open, um, the PGA at Southern Hills. Yeah, that thick rough that you talked on there, I'm sure we've all seen it on, on Twitter, um, the video of someone dropping three balls into the rough and then completely disappearing. I know that I'd be hacking out for weeks trying to get those balls out. But, uh, if you have 64 degree out, you'll be all right. <laughs> That's very true, yeah. Flop shots yeah. for 300 yards. Um, Marios, what about yourself? What's your favourite angle this week? My favourite angle is, um, is going to be around temperament. Mm. I think there are doubles and triples out there, like Brian touched on earlier. Um, I think at Southern Hills you saw a lot of bogeys um a fair few double bogeys but i think you can see a, a lot of triple bogeys here i think once you stray offline here get it in the wrong place on the fairway um i think it brings doubles and triples into play so i think temperament the guys that have got the temperament to bounce back or limit the damage in terms of what they do um when things go wrong i think that's a i think that's a key angle yeah definitely we saw back in uh the masters when john rom double bogeyed the first and then came back to win. So he's obviously got a very good temperament as well as uh, plenty of others in the field, but some don't do not. And Brian, the same question over to you. Trend or an angle this week that people at home should be looking out for? Yeah, so just kind of similar. I'm, I'm happy to take on the kind of market leaders because of that sort of reason. It can be one foul shot and you're, you know, you're, the big guys, doesn't mind your name, you can drop a few shots straight off the bat. And but what I was looking at is actually, I was looking at just the shape of the course, just the way it looks even, it's um, very like, it reminds me a lot of Sedgefield. So Sedgefield is going to Bermuda rough, just put it in the fairway, and then bigs are sort of sloping back to front greens. So um, there is, we did see the pictures of the balls in the rough and all, but there's a lot of places with the short mowing areas as well. But I was reading some quotes, and the likes of Shane Larry and I was saying, you can't short side yourself, you can't go over the green. He said they're not so much undulating greens; they're just sloped, really, really much from back to, back to the front, which is exactly a Donna Ross setup. So I think it could play a lot like one of those kind of like well, like Sedgefield, basically. And I'm kind of looking at who has a good record at Sedgefield and who's coming into form right now. And yeah, I think very current form is going to play a big part of it too. So, and I've got a few guys on the short list who fall into you know tick all those kind of boxes and. Tom Kim is one of them, so you remember, I think he started with a quad or something at Sedgefield this year, or last year, and he, he blitzed the field in the end, so he's kind of one of the reasons why he's on my radar this week, so yeah, so approach play and good sort of scrambling skills around the, bit, around the greens and um, a good touch with the putter and like putting and stuff like that. Yeah, we'll come to Brian's outright tips shortly. Tom Kim, there was a little spoiler as to one of them. Uh, let's talk about individuals, but before we do, I'll run through the market. Uh, it's got a similar shape to the other two majors so far this season that we've we've seen play out, which is unsurprising. Uh, however, PGA Championship winner Brooks Kemp Kepka has leapt into the top echelon uh, after securing his fifth major. Kepka is now 12 to 1 third favourite behind Scotty Scheffler um, at 8 to 1 with SBK and John Rahm. Uh, 11 and a half to with SBK. Rory McIlroy, 14s, and then it's 20s bar. Let's start with Kepka then, Marios. This guy lives for the majors. He's performed spectacularly this season. T2 at the Masters, won the PGA. Can he add another win to his tally this week? Absolutely. I think he's got a terrific chance. Um, again, 
you touched on the pedigree. Um, I think he has a lot of golfers um, beat before it's even started. He carries an aura around him. Mm-hmm. Um, there are not a great deal of stats to go on when it comes to Kupka, given the tour that he plays on. Um, however, when he has showed up, the two times he has showed up on at the Masters and um, at Southern Hills, two completely different courses, and, and he's demonstrated that he can do he can play on both. Mm-hmm. Um, the course is going to play extremely long. Um, it's a par 70. Uh, I think one of the par fives isn't going to be reachable, but he's extremely long. So tidy around the greens. And the one thing that, that he demonstrated um, when leading from the front um, at Southern Hills is that he puts the ball in the right place. Yep. You know, for a major, and when you're trying to limit the damage, um, putting the ball in the right spots around the track is, uh, is key. So I think he's, he, he, he and Scheffler are going to be the guys to beat, I think. Um, I think uh, he's got an extremely good chance. That's a perfect little link there as well, because we'll move straight on to Scotty Scheffler. Uh, He had a week off last week, didn't participate in the Canadian Open, but he's been absolutely flying since February. Won the Phoenix Open, T12 at the Genesis, T4 at the Arnold Palmer, won the Players, T10 at Masters, T11 at RBC Heritage, T5 at Byron Nelson, T2 at the PGA, T3 at the Charles Schwab, and third overall at Memorial. Just a guy in flying form, super consistent. How close does he get this week, Adam? He might get close, but he can't win. Um, cannot win. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, guys. He can't win. He um, can't putt. You need to be able to putt to win golf tournaments. It's kind of as simple as that. And I go back to what Brian was just saying around the, the, the greens at LACC. I was watching a sort of course flyover yesterday. And I think that sloping nature of them is, is going to catch a lot of people out. And, mm-hmm. you know, unless if Scheffler spent the last week just working on his putting and he's turned a corner, then, then fine. But based on what we saw at the Memorial, just can't have it under any circumstances. I mean, and, and let me be very clear. I saw some stats going around that you probably would have won by, you know, 11, 12 shots at the Memorial if he, if he had been able to putt, but he just can't. I mean, I'm not disputing every other facet of the game is, is in tip-top shape, but yeah, he's, he can't win. Yeah, when, uh, when I watched match play, uh, his putting, I was on him that day. I know you were as well. Uh, mm. for, I say that day, that tournament. Uh, his putting definitely let him down at crucial stages. Obviously, he's a phenomenal player. You, you just said they're a very bold prediction. I, I'm going to side with he can win, but I don't think he'll win. But uh, Adam loves the old bold play. Um, clip that one up, producer Liam, as well, just in case uh, Scottie Shepherd does win. Um, Brian, let's talk about John Rahm and um, Rory McIlroy then. John Rahm won the Masters in early April, as we've already touched on. Finished second in the Mexico Open later that month. I think he's performed pretty poorly on his last two tournaments. He won this back in 2011, though, and finished T12 last year. Can Rahm bounce back? Well, it's kind of similar to what the lads were saying there. Um, so Memorial and the Greens this week look similar. They're kind of they're really fast and really kind of slopey. So when you get above the hole and all that, it just makes putting much more difficult. So you'll find out the, the guys that aren't really good putters as well. So, but to move on from there, then as you said, I have Ram down here as just um, it's, it's kind of in and out. He's kind of volatile. It's kind of a form line and. Um, as I was touching on earlier, these are the type of courses you want to take on the short price market leaders on because reason, like we said there, the pudding and is, is temperament as well. So in this kind of course, you can see John Ramley, he's going to get really frustrated at times when he makes, even when he makes bogeys and, you know, he should just move on straight away from that. But you can see certainly, you know, one bad hole leading into another for John Ram and he just, he'll drop a few shots in a few holes and, leave himself with too much to do so that's for that reason and the price that he's at i'm well happy to take him on 
And again, with Rory, just what you were touching on earlier, he's just, uh, he doesn't look right to me. He's, I think, three of his last four final rounds on the Sunday, he shot in the 70s and he's 272s and a 75. He did a, he did have a 69 in the major, I think, but um, something just doesn't look right. His pudding doesn't look right, actually, on the last days. I was watching a close-up there or something, and he's kind of topping his putts or something like that. And I don't know. It's something. It just mentally, it just doesn't really look right to me. And it's probably to something to do a lot to do with the live stuff going on behind the scenes. And again, at a short price, happy to take them on. No problem on these type of courses. Yeah. One thing, just to, to say with Ram, I, I totally share Brian's views, but I do wonder from a course correlation point of view how much Genesis form could play into this week. Um, Ram obviously won there earlier in the season and we have seen over the last few weeks on tour some of these guys that were playing phenomenally well at the early season kind of come back into form a bit we saw it with with Fleetwood yesterday despite not winning Um, so yeah I I don't know I just would say at the top of the market Ram's the one kind of niggler that that I've got he might just sort of pull something out the bag here yeah, it could be interesting. And, I think, yeah, yeah. I think, I think they're very close to him at River Riviera and Adelaide Country Club. I think, and I think someone asked Max Homer, so he has a, I think he shot sixty one or something. He had the course record here, and he was uh, in one of the, I don't know, a junior event or amateur event or something. I don't know, but it was. But they asked him about the actual courses, and he said they were actually nothing alike. The grass types are completely different. Uh, uh, it's much longer. You need to be able to drive it long at Riviera, whereas. Here, the fairway, it's going to be running fast and firm this week. So even some of the shorter hitters like Danny McCarthy will get the run. They kind of camber off and undulate. And, and I think um, Larry said it's not going to matter whether you're 50 yards back in the fairway or 50 yards further on in the rough. It'll be kind of similar coming out with the wedge or coming out with the whatever, the iron, the longer iron. So I think a lot of the consensus is off the tee is not going to matter so much this week. It's a second shot course and then all about your creativity and being imaginative around the greens and stuff like that. And whoever performs best around there is going to take it down this week. That's the general consensus from the quotes I've been reading from the lads, or the players anyway. So. Just to go back on to Rory McIlroy there as well. You said he's still a reasonably short price, but at the same time, for Rory McIlroy, 14 to 1 is quite good value generally. However, he's only won two tournaments in the past 12 months, none for the last seven months. Uh, his last win was on the European Tour, and he looked like he was in a good position in the Canadian Open, um, and he just didn't fire, did he, at the weekend? So yeah, it's, it's just, I think it's just the weekend. There's just uh, there's something just looking at him on the final day. He just doesn't look with it. So I, I wouldn't put anyone off. at that price. I wouldn't put anyone off betting him, but it just wouldn't be for me. I think it's probably around a fair price in the end. It'd just be like kind of neutral EV, so I wouldn't be bothered with that. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. So that's a quick synopsis of the the four market leaders for the U.S. Open. Uh, this week. Let's move on to the tips then. These are the players that you should be focusing on. Uh, Marios, I'm going to give you the opportunity to go first this time. Who do you like in the 2023 US Open, please? There's two that I really like. Uh, first is Shane Lowry. Um, I think he's very accurate off the tee. He's in the top 20 for those stats. Um, I think what they're saying about this course is the fairways are really, really wide. And it's hard and fast. However, you've got to put the ball in the right spots on the fairway. Um, doesn't matter how far back you are, um, but you could easily run out of fairway if you don't if you're not accurate off the tee. His short game is incredible. Um, I think his temperament is actually very very good. Used to get hot under the collar. Um, he likes the hard and fast conditions, and if it gets a little bit kind of linksy and the breeze picks up a little bit as well, he's got that major under his belt. 
Um, that he won at Port Rush. Um, and slight negative that worries me a little bit is the putter. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been a terrific putter uh, this season. Um, he's way down on the stats in that respect. However, in terms of in terms of um, experience and his game, I think he's trending in the right direction. I think he's got a terrific chance. Shane Lowry's seventy-one right now. Uh, obviously, he finished uh, tied second back in twenty sixteen in this competition. Not yeah. so good of late. He was cut last. Uh, didn't make the cut last year in T sixty-five year before. But we know with Shane Lowry, he can definitely bounce back. Who else have you got for us? The other one is the defending champ. I've gone for Fitz. Um, really solid form. Uh, I think Brian touched on it earlier. You know, you've got to be playing well going into a US Open. He won at Harbour Town a um, couple of months ago now. Um, he had a T20 yesterday. Game's in good shape. Um, one thing I like about, um, it's not often said a lot about, is the caddy, Billy mm. Foster. Knows his way around. Um, a lot of these players will be playing the track for the first time. Probably would never have seen it. I know Max has, has obviously seen it and played there before. But I think Billy, Billy on the bag um, will be a great asset to him. Um, he's very straight off the tee, um, has the temperament, and I think that Brookline form as well, he's proved it on a, on a tough track as well. So I really like the value. He's not at the top of the market. He'll be a little bit further down, and I think he provides good value fits. Um, I think he's, he's got a really, really good chance. Perfect. So two selections there standing out for Marios. Matt Fitzpatrick at 40 to 1 and Shane Lowry at 70 to 1. Adam, we'll go to you next. Where are you going this week? Yeah, I, I back up everything that Marios said about, about Fitzy. Um, I'll definitely be, be riding the train again um, this week with him. Again, to, to sort of add to it, he's obviously got former other Gilhance restoration project, Brookline, Southern Hills. Um, and at the prices, I think you just have to be involved. So something that kind of puts me off a bit is I don't generally like to to play guys that have played the week before a major i prefer a week off but you know he was in decent form yesterday so um so yeah definitely be on fitzy um the one that i'm super duper keen on this week and i'm stunned we haven't mentioned him as part of the kind of market leaders uh, segment is is victor hovland for me this guy is the best player in the world right now and if you can if you can get hovland at, at 16s i think he is now uh, 18s? I think he's 20. 20, fine. Right now, yeah, SDK, I mean, yeah, ab- yeah ha- have all of it. Um, he's he's just in, in tremendous form. Best player in the world. Um, I, it's one of these things that he's been so good in majors this year. Yes, he hasn't got kind of his, his head in front, but if you could kind of pull four or five shots away, he probably gets over the line. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was great to see that, that, that he did, obviously, the Memorial last time. Um, yeah, I just, just think his game really, really suits. Um, of those at bigger prices... Keith Mitchell is a slightly wild card selection, but you know he's, he's got form at, at California tracks, drives the ball phenomenally well. He's not in good form at the moment, but it kind of feels like this, this should be the sort of track that he bounces back. And I'd, I'd be pretty surprised if he hasn't had his eye in at some point, um, given his affinity with the West Coast. Um, and the other one, again, slightly wild card, but given that, and I know what Brian said around the fact that this course won't be playing particularly long, but I think you've got to be on Bryson this week. Um, Big Bryson Deschambeau. Yeah, I just you know he, he kind of he, he bounced back to form, didn't he? At the at the, at the PGA, and he's been been chipping away nicely on the um, on the Live Tour, and he has got that length off the tee. We just we just don't know that much about this course. Yes, mm-hmm. like we, we've got quotes from the players, but I mean maybe he can just make a mockery of it. And there was definitely enough about his game, I think, at, at Oak Hill to to suggest that you know he can he can be there or thereabouts again. Um, so yeah. Cool. So Victor Hovland's 20 to 1. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick, two selections now for Matt Fitz. Uh, he's 40 to 1, as already mentioned. Bryson DeChambeau is 55 to 1. 
and Keith Mitchell is 500 to one, but we know how good you are with 500 to one shots. So after Cam Davis, as a second plug there for you. Um, Brian, straight to you now. Please give us your rundown of the outright market. Bets. Yes, I just touched on uh, Hovland there. Uh, the thing I find hard with Hovland and, and it's kind of to, just to weigh up his ability from tee to green versus his shortcomings, you might say, around the green. So if he has a really good, um, you know, and obviously he's in, he's, he's in flying form at the moment, but if he has a really good game from tee to green, and not even so much off the tee, but with his approach shots, and obviously you don't have to make too many chips or whatever, he could run away with the thing. But if he starts missing greens, I think he's going to really struggle around here to get up and down from the bunkers or from around the green. So that's why I always find it hard to weigh up uh, Hovland and, and sort of courses like this, but... Like you said, he could easily he could easily run away with the turn. Like you said, he is playing. If he's playing more, if he won at Memorial, he is playing brilliantly from tee to green. So yeah, definitely wouldn't argue with you there either. But um, onto my first one, yeah, I'm going to stick with speed actually. So I was kind of, I was kind of keen on speeds for the the last one. I got that one wrong because he had the wrist injury and all that. Now, but that's definitely improved. And you can just see him. He's just a, a word I, I like to use is simmering, and he, he's like, you know, he's right there. I just, re- I think he's ready to win a big one. And the U.S. Open is his kind of, you know, grinding kind of really. He loves that kind of event, and just go choose some. Again, price obviously the price is very important. So he's he's twenty nine now, I think. And I say there's a bit there's a bit of guesswork when you don't know the course when I'm putting in the premiums and the variables and all into the and the key metrics into my model. So. There's always a little bit of subjectivity in there, but I still, what I put in, it turned out a 9.37 for him. So that's a rating out of 10 in for a course fit, which is means versus his average kind of course. He's, he's expected to gain around six shots on an average kind of course over the tournament. So um, just looking at a few stats, he's 15th in approaches from 125 to 150 yards. He's sixth in probably the, key, the real key one, 150 to 175 yards. He's seventh in scrambling. And this is where it really comes in. He's the most, he's one of the most create, creative and imaginative guys around the greens. So, and these greens, if you even look at it, it's, it's actually got a bit of a Brookline feel, a bit of a Brookline look. It's the word I'm using this week is actually rugged. So I think he's one of the guys that can really get up and down, you know, if he has to. And, um, you look T5 at Memorial last week, just kind of warming up. They seem to be in second gear. And yeah, just at the price, I really like Speed. So he would be my number one pick, I suppose. Again, I was going to I was gonna have Tom Kim right up there, but he has to go into the outsider bracket now at, at 180. <laughs> so I think I would go on to, yeah, Terrell Hatton, actually. I know I back Hatton a lot. Some people don't like him or whatever, but... Um, um, he's 38, fair price, 12th at Memorial. Um, he, he obviously he nearly made the playoff last night. Um, he's turned strokes game total, uh, strokes game putting seventh. He's 11th in approach. He is uh, 9.93 out of 10 for progressive form. So he's one of the guys really in form now. And we said earlier, that's what you're looking for here at, at the US Open, especially in a course like this. 11th in scrambling, 4th in total putting, 4th uh, in approach but performance. So, so leg putting is going to come into it this week. So then you're putting from the back of the greens, obviously, the back to front slope, sloping greens. Um, that's going to be a big part of it. And his course fit is 9 when you take... I do I do, I do, do add some mentality and stuff like that into the into the models. Now, it'd be less if you put that in, but 
you know, Gerald can go a bit mad, but if we can hold it together as for this game, it's like nine out of ten. So, yeah, I don't know. I just I really fancy him for a big win soon. Not just a win, but an actual big win. So he'd be my second guy. And then I have the other short kind of prices. Sun, Sun J.M. as well. He's just another grinder. He's got absolutely everything. He doesn't have a weakness in this game at all. His form is, his form is a bit sporadic too. He is. He went off to Korea and won an event, actually. He's, he's, his price is 60. It's way too big for, for me. Um, he was actually in, up there after three rounds at uh, Jack's place there uh, two weeks ago. I had a bad last round, which... That can usually knock them down the you know the market just by the last round. That's not taken into account. They just look at the finishing position or whatever, and they, that's where they kind of get that kind of price from. But he's twenty in strokes gained around the green. He's eight in sand saves, which again could be important this week if you actually just look at the the terrain. I think it's kind of um, I call it kind of half heathland, half woodland kind of terrain and real rugged bunkers on up to like you know perched greens and there's a lot of elevation changes and undulations and a lot of blind tee shots a lot of people a lot of the guys that visited the course have said that a lot of blind tee shots and even shots into the greens um he's 34th in bogey avoidance he's 8.53 on the course fit model but um yeah just at the price i'm happy to get sunjay m on side as well this week yeah yeah, so Jordan Spieth, 29 to 1, as you said there. Tyrrell Hatton, currently 38 to 1, and Sung Jm at 60s. I know that you've got four outsiders for us as well. Would you mind please rattling through those? Yeah, so again, we go to the. Um, we're going to go to the Sedgefield angle that I was talking about here earlier. So Siwoo Kim is probably the standout when you, when you look at Sedgefield. So he is he's in flying form at the moment. 95 uh, in odds wise. Um, Sedgefield, he has, he's won at Sedgefield, he's been second, he's been third, he's been fifth, he just loves the course, um, he loves that type of course, uh, fourth at Memorial, he was second at the Nelson, um, if I have him, so I have player profile pages here, which I just take, I take the, the key, or the, the official stats from the PGA Tour, and I have my own kind of, thing. I change them around a bit, with my, a little bit of my own qualitative stuff, and He's 10 in approach and he's 10 in his long irons and he's nine for scrambling. So, and, and, and on the official stats, he's 21st in approach as well. And he's averaging seven, he's averaging around seventh or eight, 7.5 basically in approaches from 150 to 200 yards and he's 26th in scrambling. So, I mean, I think he just ticks absolutely every box this week and nearly three figures. He's, he's a great outsider. Um, Denny McCarthy is another one, so he was very upset to miss out at Memorial and, you know, be second there. I didn't actually think that would be a course that would suit him, but he came out after in the interview and he was saying he loves those kind of courses, the grinder courses, and he, he was telling, he was saying himself, he's great durability, he likes to hang in there. He's 170 on the card. Um, he's uh, literally, I think he's the best brother on tour at the moment. He's he's first in putting from inside 10 feet, which is going to be huge this week. He's fourth in strokes game, putting it all together. He's a uh, nine out of 10 on the progressive form meter. He has, oh, he's form at Wyndham actually. Yeah, he's, he's averaged 15th in his last three events there, which have been the, uh, the last three years, I think. So top 10 in the Wells Fargo recently, which is another big course, big championship course. And yeah, we think he could be, uh, uh, you know, an off the radar pick. This week, which no one or not a lot of people would be uh, looking at, I don't think so. That's a couple, yeah. And then 
Can we go back to, I think it's probably just, oh, did I say, I didn't say Russell Henley yet, no? No, no, go for it. Oh, yeah, Russell Henley is another kind of big one that I like. So another Sedgefield, another Sedgefield guy. He's three top ten. He's three top tens last three years at Wyndham, 8.9 course fit. But he's, uh, he's regularly challenged with Marikawa, actually, at the top of the iron stats. He's 10 out of 10 for approaches and long irons in my uh, in my player profiles, which, again, are taken from the main stats. It's a rolling kind of average over the last two years of the main PGA Tour stats. He was second in approach last year. He's shown it in big events. He was T4 at the Masters this year. He's ninth in proximity. He's 12th in 125 to 150 yards, and he's 29th in scrambling and... Again, a 26th in approach put performance, which again, that's light putting basically, and it's going to be big this week. And so the last one then is Tom Kim, yeah. So he obviously he showed us all what he could do at Sedgefield or last year. He started with, I can't remember, I think it was a quad. It might have been a triple, but I think it was actually a quad. And then he came back and he actually won that tournament easily. He's 180 um, in odds. Um, he's won a TP Summerlin, which is on a kind of fast and firm track. Um, he's 16th in strokes gained approach, 9th in greens regulation, 1st in approaches from 125 to 150 yards, 42nd in scrambling, and he's 10th in bogey avoidance. Again, bogey avoidance is a big stat in the uh, in the US Open kind of grinding kind of events as well. So I know he's had his injury problems and all this year, hence why he's kind of off the radar a little bit, but um, I could definitely see him, you know, doing something on the sly this week, shall we say. And that would be my far outside You can't say that uh, Brian doesn't work for his money. Seven selections there for you. I'll quickly spin through them again. Well, well, the more, the more selections, the more chance of return. Well, <laughs> yeah, that is very true. Uh, Jordan Spieth, Tyrrell Hatton, Sung J M, Russell Henley, Siwoo Kim, Denny McCarthy, and Tom Kim. The last four are all 95 or three-figure prices. If you want to read more about Brian's selections and preview this week, uh, please go over to his column on betting.getsbk. No, it's, it's going to be a long column this week. It's too many guys. I'll look forward to subbing that one, Brian. Uh, <laughs> for, what it's worth, the for what it's worth, that should be live on uh, Tuesday evening. You'll be able to see it Wednesday, Thursday, etc. going into the, the big major. Again, for what it's worth, I'm staying loyal with Jordan Spieth. Tell you that for what you, what you want, really. You know, I'm not a golf tipster. I just love the guy. Um, and he's a good price. So as per my theory at the, t- the start of the season, I'll stick with uh, Big JS. Okay, on to something different. Now, the guys are going to provide their golf bet builders for the US Open. Now, that's because SBK has a new offer. Bet £10 on the US Open outright market. Get a free £5 golf bet builder. That offer will be live from Tuesday afternoon. So make sure you check that out. Um, Brian, you can go first here. Go for it. What's your bet builder, please? Yeah, just something simple. Just um, I might take. Well, I probably wouldn't take all of them, but you could, you could choose maybe five of the seven guys I mentioned there, and just if, if you were to drop two of them, then who would you drop? I, um, I presume you're going to say to make the cut, right? Put, put me on the spot here yeah, to make the cut. Let me see. I would drop. I probably I'd probably drop the two shortest prices because there's no point in putting the short price guys in there. You know, if you want to have a little. Just throw a few quid on for a bigger kind of return. Drop to two short prices and take the other five guys. And yeah, maybe a five fold accumulator on the, those guys to make the cut. And I don't know what odds they are. I haven't seen the market yet. So but you get fair odds on it anyway. I know that. So especially with the likes of Tom Kim being 180 and Russell Handy 170 and whatever in the outright market. So yeah, I always like those. They're, 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 I don't know if SBK will, make, will allow you to do the kind of, you know, four folds from five kind of, kind of bets. And, 
but we can check that out and see that but if not just just an accumulator five, five fold accumulator to make the color something like that absolutely sounds very tasty there with your five outsiders uh, adam take it away with your bet builder please and then marios please pick up straight after yeah uh it's i'm gonna look to the top 20 market i think tc um and have a uh, bet builder with four legs so uh hovland uh fitzy who we both sort of spoken about um and then i'll add in jordan spieth music to your tc i just i was i thought he was in in cracking form at, at the memorial the, the putter's back um he's he, I, has every chance this week so yeah. so very happy to chance him in the top 20 market and then i'll chuck justin rose in there as well who um he plays well on these, these west coast courses and he continues in good form he, he should definitely be in the top 20 i this think week. he has good i think he has decent sedgefield form as well if i remember correctly george yeah, yeah. back in the day yeah yeah, yeah mario it's over to you please sir with your quick fire bet builder yeah i've gone for a fourfold as well bit of a mixture for me i've gone for two players to two big players to miss the cut i think there's some value in jt missing the cut justin thomas not been paying particularly well for the last few months. Uh, and Rory as well. I think Rory's got a lot on his shoulders at the moment and he, he looks like he's struggling with his game on and off the course. Um, so I've got those guys to miss the cut. I've got a top 20 for Adam Scott. Experienced campaigner, drives the ball extremely well. He's always hanging around, lingering at a, a major. That's a great shout. He's got good Riviera. I know Brian pooed this, but he's got great Riviera form. So. Yeah, he, and yeah. his temperament is, is is spot on. Nothing phases him. So I've got him in the top 20. And the last leg is Scheffler to finish in the top 10. I mean, he, I'll be stunned if he doesn't finish in the top 10, I think. I think it's a solid fourfold. Yeah, Scheffler's been flying, as we've already covered uh, on this podcast. Right, that's excellent. We've got outright markets covered, bet builders covered. We might as well all take Thursday and Friday off with a couple of cold ones and enjoy it in front of the TV. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this US Open uh, special. A reminder, if you bet £10 on the US Open outright market, you get a free £5 golf bet builder. That offer will be live from Tuesday afternoon. Please absolutely smash the like button uh, below if you're watching this on YouTube. Subscribe too. We'll have another podcast for the Open coming up soon, as well as all of our standard content, including plenty of horse racing podcasts and ambassador pieces. Enjoy the US Open. Remember that Mr. Adam Bayless said that Scott Scheffler cannot win this week, uh, and we'll catch you soon. Goodbye.